We have our monthly program called You and Your Money, and joining us today is Michael Baum, Vice President and Associate Financial Advisor at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. And today, he'll be talking about phantom stock compensation. And like you, I have no idea what that means, and that's why Michael is here. Michael, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. I can't wait to find out what phantom stocks are all about. But first off, as we always do, give me the latest news from the financial markets. Yeah, good morning, Wayne. Thanks for having me. You know, the story remains much the same on financial markets. We're watching a number of of key indicators, but most importantly, and, and most importantly to many of your listeners, I'm sure, is what's going on with inflation. And is that going to start to slow down? And are the rate increases that the Fed has been uh, pursuing and, and pushing at an aggressive rate, are they starting to work? And we are starting to see signs of growth slowing down and, and the job. Uh, we have a big jobs report coming out on Friday. Uh, so that'll give us a good indication of just how much uh, businesses are starting to slow down their hiring. Um, but, you know, the, the big news is that it looks like the rate increases are starting to work. Inflation is starting to moderate. And Fed, uh, Fed Chairman Powell yesterday indicated that there may be a smaller increase to the rate moving forward and, and it may be time to start moderating that. So the, the market took that as really good news. The market really took off yesterday afternoon after that announcement. And, um, you know, it's there's a lot of factors that go into this. And we're really thinking pretty short term here. But long term, the fundamentals and earnings have been pretty solid. And um, the, the fear of a recession, while still very much a possibility, uh, looks like you know a recession may be on the mild side and we may be able to kind of come out of this um, in the second half of 2023 and, and get back to more of a stable ground. As you said, yesterday was a good day for the market. The Dow went up 700. Maybe it's my little wacky conspiracy theory, but do you find that when it goes up 700, it doesn't get the same news coverage as when it goes down 700? <laughs> very true. Very true. I mean, the, it's it's a, the positive headlines are not as uh, they don't get as many clicks. You know, people people want to read about um, you know what what could potentially derail their retirement or or throw them off and that's what they're really mostly concerned about i think maybe we got lulled into a sense of you know 700 point days are are normal after the last couple of years where we had some you know incredible growth so um you know people are probably just like oh that's good back to normal (laughs) michael do you find the market to be seasonal by that i mean does it tend to go up in just hypothetically saying December and tend to go down in January, or does that have any? Does the calendar have any effect on that at all? Uh, there's there's definitely historical trends. Um, I wouldn't say in any given year, you know, given that conditions can be drastically different from one year to the next, that that holds true. Um, there's always the the Santa Claus rally, you know, when consumer spending increases and and a lot of companies post really strong, um, you know, growth and profits. At the, right at the end of the year, um, so that there's some some component of that. Although you know the with interest rates and inflation being as high as they are, I think that's designed to sort of slow down consumer spending. So it's going to be interesting to see if if there's as strong of a finish uh, in 2022 as as there often is um, with the holiday season and, and consumer spending. You just indicated that perhaps the Fed changing the interest rates, raising interest rates, had an effect. 
eventually taking over maybe to contain inflation. What's your take on that, about them tinkering with the interest rates? Do you think that's a good idea? Because it, as you indicated, it looks like it worked this time around. Well, it's, it, you know, historically speaking, it's kind of the, the strongest and, and most uh, effective measure they have to make the, the cost of money, you know, borrowing more expensive. And that sort of, that, that slows down borrowing, that slows down, uh, you know, growth, and that br- brings demand down and kind of makes everybody hunker down a little bit and, and slow down their spending. So that, that typically will work to slow down inflation. I think the downside of that is it often leads to a decline in growth or even, a, a, you know, recession. Um, and, and then job layoffs. And so Chairman Powell has been very clear, you know, to get this under control, there's going to be some pain in the economy and in the job market. And so, you know, we're really watching that to see just how much pain will be inflicted. But they've been very clear that this is a job that they feel they have to do. We have to get inflation back down to 2%. Um, and that may take some time, but you know, the, the raising of interest rates is a, is a good way to kind of shock things back into, into control. Yeah, I don't want to pretend that just because the Dow went up 700 yesterday that inflation is not a problem anymore. But that's a slow process to bring it back down. And the Fed raising interest rates is just one part of the equation, isn't it? There's so many other things, including the whole supply chain thing that's raised a lot of our prices. Yeah, and the good news on the supply chain front, Wayne, is that that seems to be sorting itself out. Um, I think the interruptions or issues with the supply chain are mostly under control. And, you know, it sounds like there's the potential for a, a, a pretty major uh, problem with the railroads, but they're, they're trying, to, trying to find a compromise there and, and keep that supply chain open. Um, so I guess threats remain, but I, I know the, the major supply chain issues we were seeing early in the pandemic and over the last couple of years have, um, have not been as much of a problem lately and are starting to look much better. Well, that being said, they can tinker with the interest rate all they want, but also the price of energy has gone up so much. Gas prices have been high. Natural gas has been a big issue. And obviously, we've heard this winter that Eversource is going to charge us a million bucks to, you know, heat your bathroom and things like that. So what's the impact on inflation of high energy costs? you got to bring that down to get inflation down, don't you? Well, yes, that's definitely one component. So typically looking at the overall inflation number, they're looking at kind of a generic basket of goods and energy certainly has a big component in that. And, um, I'm sure your listeners all, you know, feel that one, um, maybe, maybe the most, you know, putting gas in your car and putting oil in your tank to heat your home and things like that. Um, those are big ticket expenses. And if they rise incredibly, then, you know, all of this talk of inflation moderating will, will sound a little hollow. Um, but I do know, you know, gas prices are, are actually starting to come down even further. I, I read a report yesterday that demand is down. And so those prices are trending back towards $3 a gallon instead of, you know, 350 or whatever they've been. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Eversource and, and their costs are certainly going to be felt, um, you know, and, and hopefully some of that inflation moderating in other areas will offset that a little bit. Um, but it's no doubt a tough time. Um, and costs are certainly high. Yeah, gas prices begin to come down right after Election Day, which I do not think was a coincidence. All right, our topic of the day is phantom stock compensation. What is it and what to know? And I'm a big expert on Phantom of the Opera 
I don't know much about phantom stocks, and I think I speak for all of our listening audience. What exactly is this mysterious-sounding thing called phantom stock? Yeah, it does sound mysterious, but if you're at a managerial or executive level in your career or you're planning to be in the future, you definitely want to make sure it's not a mystery to you. So, um, it, you know, it's often misunderstood, but it's pretty simple. And actually, it, it's not stock at all. So if a company offers you phantom stock, what they're offering you is a form of compensation that will mirror or track the financial returns of the company's actual stock. So, um, you know, this is included as part of a compensation package for higher level management and executives because it incentivizes, you know, good performance for the individual and, and the company as a whole. So the better the company performs, the higher its actual stock will tend to be valued. And therefore, these shadow stock payouts that are tied to the performance of the stock will be paid to the employees who hold phantom stock and then benefit them. Michael, this sounds like an interesting and potentially very valuable form of compensation to have. How exactly do phantom stocks work? Is the value of a phantom stock given at the same value of an actual stock? So think of it as like a deferred cash bonus program. So you're given essentially a bookkeeping entry that says, here's a unit of our shares, or here's a unit of our company stock, and we're going to pay you a cash payment at some point in the future dependent on how much the value of that stock has risen since it was initially granted to you. Uh, and there's two main types of phantom stocks. So you can get <clears throat> appreciation only or full value. And the appreciation only type doesn't include the value of the underlying shares at the time it's granted. It just gives you the increase over the amount of time that the shares are held. Um, and the full value model, you get the actual full value of that stock. So you get the, the value it's worth when it's granted to you, plus any appreciation that happens um, between, you know, when it's granted and when it's actually paid to you. Does that make sense? I'm trying to keep up. This is something that's new to a lot of us. I'm one of them, raising my hand here. But it does sound like there's a lot of potential for a decent payout with both models you just mentioned. What about risks? Are there risks with phantom stocks like there are with actual stocks? Yeah, well, the nice thing about this for an employee who's receiving a phantom stock grant is that you really don't have risk in the same way that you normally would owning a stock because if it suffers a loss, you don't have any of your own money or own skin in the game. Uh, you're just hoping for that appreciation. So if that appreciation never comes, essentially you don't get the cash payment or the bonus uh, of the appreciation uh, that, that would have occurred. You, you, lose, you lose nothing. Um, Unless, of course, you were banking on some sort of large, you know, cash uh, bonus in the future that was tied to the, the phantom stock. But, um, you know, there's also going to be a vesting period. So, you know, if you leave the company before the vesting period is over, you know, you, you would lose out on that future payout. Um, but mostly the, the risk is in banking on a large, you know, bonus at some point in the future that never materializes because the performance of the stock doesn't doesn't justify it or doesn't rise to a level where you actually receive uh, anything of value. Michael, you're developing a fan club, and I got an email from a listener that says, good explanation of phantom stock. Does this incentive for high-level executives to pay more attention to stockholder dividend payments and become less inclined to put profits back into company facilities or employee compensation? It's usually used by private companies. It's more, more popular there because most public companies are issuing actual 
company stock in the form of options or restricted stock units to their employees. But it's popular with private companies who don't actually want to dilute their shares. Um, so with companies like that, they're often not paying a dividend, but they're, they're using some sort of formula to calculate sort of the, the artificial you know, stock price based on sort of the fundamentals of the company and their balance sheet. So in that sense, I don't think it really incentivizes dividend payouts over reinvesting into business. Um, I think, you know, this is most commonly going to apply to companies who are using a generic accounting method to, to, to determine their valuation. And that would be a formula that's, that's published and understood by employees who hold the phantom stock so that they would have an idea of how do we actually show appreciation on these and, and what does growth look like for our company based on how our, our stock price is calculated. Michael, how did I go through 100 years with never hearing of these things before? And I'm guessing I'm not the only one that hadn't heard of phantom stocks. Are these relatively new or have they always been around? Well, I think it's an increasingly popular tool for business owners who, again, most commonly with private companies, but they're looking to retain and motivate their top talent because it, it um, and it does that by offering you know, additional income um, to the employees, but completely tied to performance of the company. So it really aligns the employees and, and their objectives with growing the company. So it kind of it works as a retention tool because there's usually a vesting schedule, so you won't actually receive the, uh, the, the, that cash payout unless you've made it through either three or five years typically with the company. But also, you know, just just um, making everybody working for the company, everybody who holds a phantom stock, that much more motivated and incentivized to have the company performance, um, you know, lead to lead to that that personal bonus. What about tax implications and figuring this into your financial planning? It must be a little complicated since you won't know the value of the payout until it's actually made, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. So that that's. Probably the component of this that that makes it the most interesting and, and the most challenging for a, from a financial planning standpoint. So, um, you know, before you either offer phantom stock to your team as a business owner or before you accept it as an employee as part of your compensation package, it's a good idea to talk with a financial advisor so that you understand, um, you know, all of the terms and conditions, I guess, of the of the program. And, you know, you can do modeling and, and look ahead and, and try to say, okay, if the stock meets, hits this price, this would be what your payout is. And, and you can model various scenarios. Um, you know, the, the, the danger and the risk there is of, of banking on, you know, profits or income to you that may never materialize. So you've got to kind of hedge that a little bit. You've got to be a little conservative, but that's kind of what we do. So we look at that and we model it out and we try to plan for, you know, what will those cash windfalls, what will those cash payouts be used for in your strategic financial plan? Is phantom stock something that when people meet with you, either in person, Zoom, telephone call, that you let them know about? Because they might already have ideas about investing for short and long term and not know about this. And maybe they didn't they weren't aware this was an option. So you might open the door for them by explaining them how it works, like you're explaining today to our listeners how phantom stocks work. Yeah, absolutely. So if we were working with a business owner or an executive, um, you know, we would want to know, we would want to talk through that as a potential for the business owner to offer to employees. 
uh, we hear from a lot of business owners who, you know, one of their main concerns is how do I retain my key employees? How do I incentivize them to stay with the company and, you know, keep stay motivated and keep pushing for, you know, growth and, and um, appreciation of the company value? And that would be a good incentive tool that we would, we would recommend that they look into. Um, and with the executives or employees who maybe offered this, um, you know, that's something that we always want to understand is what does your full compensation package look like? Um, some people may have these and not, not realize they have them. They may not understand how they work. They may not be incorporating them at all into their long-term thinking or planning. So that's something that I really enjoy doing and have done a lot of in my career so far. Um, and with equity compensation, just like any investment, you know, it's important to understand the money's not real until you receive the payout. So that ongoing strategy and management along the way is, is really critical to both maximize the payout and maximize the, the planning and strategy around how you're going to use that. And to repeat or perhaps clarify what you had said earlier, this is designed for businesses. This is not phantom stocks are not designed for like an individual like me, like a guy on the street who wants to invest for short or long term goals. Right, right. Very, very good point of clarification. So, yeah, you cannot go out into the, the marketplace or, you know, go, as a retail investor, you can't buy phantom stock of, of a company. I mean, if you wanted to benefit from appreciation in a public company, you just buy the stock itself. Um, but this is a tool of companies, typically smaller, typically private companies, to offer stock market-like returns um, without actually issuing shares to the employee. So you're getting, again, that, that sort of uh, a simulation of the performance of the stock in terms of a cash payout. Okay, so I own a business, and I'm investing in phantom stock. How do I monitor how a phantom stock is going to do? You just indicated you might not know until the actual payout. It isn't like saying, well, the Dow is up 700 points today. You can't do that with phantom stocks, can you? Well, n not exactly. So, uh, you know, any any private company is going to value their their stock um, at least annually, and most are going to do that more often, so quarterly or, or semi-annually. So, as an employee, you you would be privy to that information if you held phantom stock in your company. You'd be able to get some information on the you know on the 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 value of that stock over time. So you may not have a day-by-day, -day, um, you know, finger on the pulse of how much your phantom stock is worth or how much the value of the stock has appreciated, but you'll get updates um, and, and you'll know, you know, when you reach your vesting period or whatever the trigger point may be, sometimes it's based on performance, you'll, you'll know what the price is at that point in time and then you'll be able to calculate, you know, your total, your total value that you're going to receive, um, well, and as I've learned over the years with my chats here once a month with the experts from Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, that in the market, it's always good to diversify. And it would seem to me, if you're a business owner, then maybe these phantom stocks might work for you, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Continue to invest or at least follow other sources as well as phantom stocks. Would that be close to accurate? Yeah, definitely. So if you're if you're an employee <clears throat> who has phantom stock offered to you, 
um, you know, you're just going to want to make a plan for what happens when that that's paid out to you. You're you're going to receive cash, so you're not going to actually receive receive shares of the company. So in that sense, you're never really actually you know overly concentrated in the stock of your company. But I would argue that a lot of your compensation is still tied to the performance of your company. So, um, you know, when that cash payout does come through, it's a good idea to to apply it to your goals and to think about a diversified portfolio um, to, to make sure that your your income and your assets are, are um, to work for you in the market in, in a diversified approach with a long-term strategy. All right. So let's say I'm an employee, which I guess I am. And I hear about this and I go, geez, I want to have some of these phantom stocks that Michael was talking about. So I go to the boss and I say, hey, do you guys offer phantom stocks? And they say, what? What are phantom stocks? So if the employee wants it and the company owner doesn't know about it or doesn't offer it, how do I as an employee get phantom stocks? Yeah, so another good point of clarification and and, and uh that's that's really not going to be up to the employee so it does it is a a uh, a compensation uh, you know an executive comp benefit to offer a phantom stock so if the plan is not already in place and the company has not already sort of set this up as a as a piece of the compensation package that would be a much larger discussion with the boss to say hey can we put something like this in place and are you, you know, are you willing to offer this as an incentive to, you know, key employees? Um, there's not, you know, another marketplace where you can where, where you can buy it, or there's no way to sort of mimic it um, on your own. You know, you'd, you'd really have to get the employer on board. And you know, we work with small businesses, and we work with employers, and so that's that's one angle here where where we could say, look, if this sounds interesting, if this sounds like something you want to offer to your employees. You know, we can help you think through that. We can help you set that up and, and talk about how you would do that and talk about how you would educate your employees on the value of this and, and what it means for them. But, yeah, it's not something that where you can just go to your boss and say, hey, I want I want stock. I want a fan. I want an appreciation um, in our company that's tied to sort of the, the phantom stock. That, that's really um, up to the employer to offer this. And typically it would be for um, – you know, executives and other key employees as a sort of a, a bonus or retention program. Well, it's new information to me today and probably for a fair amount of our listening audience as well. Phantom stock compensation. What is it and what to know? Phantom stock, actually, not a stock at all, but a form of compensation that mirrors the financial returns of a company's actual stock. Sometimes it's called shadow stock or mock stock. This is uh, good stuff, Michael, and I do appreciate you filling us in on what Phantom Stocks are all about. Thank you very much. Hey, you're very welcome. And if uh, anyone is interested in creating a financial planning strategy of their own, we're always happy to help manage it. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors offer security and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, 06259. And their phone number is 860-928-2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured professionals 
and the financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.